Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. Create a brighter future with a savings plan from Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more. President Joe Biden visit to the Ukraine capital, Kiev, uh, today. He announced a new package of additional U.S. weapons supplies worth $500 million as Ukraine prepares to mark the sombre anniversary, uh, anniversary of last year's full-scale Russian invasion. The U.S. president, closely surrounded by a large security detail, it has to be said, was escorted by his Ukrainian counterpart Volodymyr Zelensky on a walkabout around central Kiev as air raid sirens could be heard confirming rumours of a visit that had been circulating uh, during the morning. I'm joined now on the line by Lesia Vasilinko, Ukraine MP for the Golos Party. Lesia, you're very welcome to the programme. Hello. It was something to behold to see the two leaders embrace and it's been called a very significant visit by uh, reporters and commentariat all around the world. But how do you see this visit from uh, President Joe Biden? Uh, It's definitely very symbolic. It comes at a very important historic time for Ukraine and President Joe Biden and the U.S. and the American people are already part of this history of Ukraine with the support that they have been uh, given to my country through this year, but also through the past nine years. And of course, today marks that anniversary of nine years since Russia first annexed Crimea and invaded the uh, regions of Donetsk and Luhansk in Ukraine. Basically, this last year has been a continuation of that aggression, a very much escalated continuation. So it's very important for us to have uh, global leaders, especially the American president, come and mark this anniversary, mm-hmm. mentioning and emphasizing to the world that it's not been just one year of Russian invasion, it's actually been nine. Because there is a temptation in the media in the West to mark this quote-unquote one-year invasion of Ukraine, but you're at pains in your country to point out that you've been dealing with Russia, so to speak, for much longer now, almost a decade, uh, and you need all the help you can you can get, uh, even more than the $500 million promised today by President Biden to repel Russia. Definitely. But it's not just about Ukraine getting all the help that we can get to remain an independent country. It's also about the world feeling safe and feeling safe around such a vast country as Russia. The only way to do it is to repel this aggression and to get guarantees that uh, no such acts will be repeated in the foreseeable future. The way to get those guarantees is, of course, to, uh, well, first of all, ensure there's a regime change in Russia, because under Putin, uh, none of this will happen, neither the uh, stopping of the act of aggression nor the repension from the Russian people. So really, uh, you know, if, if we want to live in a long-term peace, and be confident in the defense and security frameworks and in international organizations of the world. Today is the time to act, to enforce, uh, reinforce Ukraine and enable us to push back on Russia and then to have enough political will to go around to make sure that um, there are guarantees of non-repetition uh, made by Russia. Do you think the West should be pushing for a regime, regime change in uh, Moscow? Well, I don't see how uh, under Putin there can be any expected changes in attitudes and there can be a stop of this aggression and of this expansionist 
imperialistic uh, policy that is being espoused now towards Ukraine. It will be very difficult, though, won't it? Because tomorrow Vladimir Putin is uh, to make uh, quite a big speech uh, to the Federal Assembly, which gives more symbolic importance to today's visit by President Biden to Kiev. Uh, but also the Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi, uh, China's top diplomat, he'll arrive in, in Moscow on Monday. And some commentators say China may be aligning with uh, Russia. So if there is to be regime change, it will come at a cost, will it not? Ukraine is paying that cost. We've been paying it for the last nine years. We are paying it for it now. And I imagine that whatever the cost, it means that uh, Ukraine will have to continue paying. So in order for us to save uh, the lives of innocent women, children, unarmed men, uh, in order for, for uh, my country to stand a chance at surviving and uh, also look into the future, uh, of rebuilding, uh, we need to stop this aggression. And, uh, you know, since Ukraine is paying the price anyway, we might as well take the risk and go that step further uh, and actually make sure that there's a strong enough pushback on Russia. Is it uh, a, sorry to, to interject, but I just wanted your opinion on this, uh, Lesia Vasilenko. The um, US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, uh, when he said at the weekend that they have intelligence in the U.S. that China is considering providing aid to Russia, is that a, a surprise, a shock to uh, people in Ukraine? I think it was a matter of time for that to happen. But uh, I was always saying that China uh, has been a silent uh, onlooker of the events and how they are uh, developing. And for China to to come into the game, so to speak, uh, there would have had to be a, a sign that Russia stands a chance at winning. And um, I imagine that the, the stalling of the, with the deliveries of weapons to Ukraine, uh, also the the slowness uh, of the decision making about the tanks and now about the fighter jets, it's what's making China come in, or at least try to come in and take a chance. If China comes in, as you say, what do you think the impact of that will be? Well, first of all, let's try to make sure that uh, China doesn't come in. Let's try to reinforce Ukraine and mobilize really the efforts. I mean, joint effort of the international community with all the weapons at stake, with all the ammunition that's, uh, that's uh, available these days, uh, and a unity uh, in the political will to furnish all of this to Ukraine, uh, I think this is what will make a difference in pushing back Russia. And also there needs to be a very firm uh, political agenda as to what to do with Russia after it loses and after there's a victory for the democratic world. At the moment, uh, these are very careful conversations that uh, are being had very reluctantly, not even in the public realm, but uh, in in private behind closed doors. Uh, And I think this is what sending the wrong signals to China and possibly to other authoritarian regimes out there that uh, there's not enough um, uh, unity uh, in the democratic world. There's not enough um, firmness about the action that uh, that can be taken. And there's still kind of wariness and uh, a hope to rely on, on reason and logic. However, when we're dealing with uh, power-crazed dictators like Vladimir Putin, 
um, there's no reason and logic to rely on. And I think that's the bottom line that needs to be understood by Western leaders uh, that today have the chance to sort of make it or break it for democracy, but also in this existential war of good and evil that is happening as, right now as we speak, on, as it happens on the territory of Ukraine. Okay, well, we will leave it there. Um, Thank you very much indeed for joining us on the programme. Lesia Fasilenko, Ukraine MP for the Golos Party.